balance. You need balance in your life to make, make you whole, make a strong child, make you happy, to make you happy. Hello, my respected people. My name is Isabella James, and I come from Lummi. Hello, everyone. My name is Michelle Pulaski, and I'm from the Lummi Nation. Yay Podcast stands for Young and Indigenous, and that's who we are. We are doing this for our community members. We are trying to build bridges by bringing people together to share their concerns, stories, love, ideas, and more. But it is also for those people who are outside of our community who would like to learn more about us as Indigenous people from our podcast episodes. Good morning, everybody. My name is Elaine Grinnell, otherwise known as Quilson. Yes, and that is my name, and I uh, received that name from Morstan. And I just want you to know about this one story that I have. And oh, gosh, it's a lengthy story, but the lesson is there. The lesson, if you listen to it really well, will stay with you forever, and as it should. The elders often told stories, just often told stories. And they're made, they're made for not as much entertainment, but to pass on to all these, all the stories, the legends. But the storyteller was the one most selected that had the capacity and the, and the knowledge to pass on to the next generation. Because we could not live. We could not, we couldn't write. And when I say live, I mean, we had no way of recording except for the mind, the memory, and the lessons. And they were so important. When God first began creating the world, he created the West, you know. Oh, I'm very, very sure he created the West. He made the mountains, the water, everything, and enough room for a lot of people. He made the first village. He says, well, I'm just going to try it. So we made the first village. Beautiful. As I said before, he had the capacity to make the mountains so beautiful, full of, full of food and richness for exciting adventures. 
And he says, well, as he watched it, all the people, he thought, ah, oh, yeah, I have a lot of room for the, for the people, too. So he said, I'm going to make another one. And I'm going to make it very similar because, you see, this is working just fine. The people could, you know, they could change if they wish, but only a small amount. So that's what he did. He went, made all these different, uh, all these different villages. Watched them work. Some were fishermen. Some were hunters. Some were carvers. Some were. Oh, just, they came up with so many things for them to be able to live and grow and have different experiences. They brought them all together. And oh yeah, they really appreciated their neighbors. Well, as he gathered all the people, spread them all over, and oh yeah, this is good. But you know, there's always room for change. In this one time, even though this village was was wonderful, just wonderful, with the sea right there for an abundance of seafood, with the forest right there with an abundance of meat and edibles. The people should know and pass it on to different generations, and that's what he did. He just went about making them just a little bit different. One day he was sitting on top of this mountain and he was watching this, this village work. All at once. Here comes this great big man. You know, these people were actually, were very similar. They were not really tall people. The need wasn't there. The need was not there. But burly, they were strong people, yeah. And some of them actually were strong, strong. The men could just, you know, fall trees and carve them and put them in the water. They would float many, many miles out to retrieve fish for their homes. And they made sure everyone had some food from them. People from the mountains, they'd, they'd contribute also. But anyway, this man came down. He, he was tall. Yeah, he's tall like some people. Yeah, that I just met. Strong. And so, everybody looked at him cleared a path, because they had never seen somebody that looked like him. So here it comes, big barrel chest like this, big barrel chest. Boy, you could tell he was, as he walked along, he just had long strides. And my, he was very friendly though, but he had this huge chest for a reason, and that was to project his voice. A leader. He could, he could have a large group around him and they could all hear him. 
she was such a nice man. Oh, they found out that, oh, he could carry logs, he could carry, and he could pull fish in, he could dig clams. Oh, those salmon that he caught were so big. Finally, he, everyone accepted him. And then he started looking around. He saw this beautiful girl. She was kind of, you know, she was shy. She didn't look at anybody. Her head was down, downcast. And so and she's walking along, you know, and she looked at him and she thought, ooh. Just like we all do, ooh. And then he, he <laughs> He was looking at her, and he had been for a long time. Well, of course, eventually, they were married. Oh, he was a good husband. Oh, he's a good husband. And finally, finally, you know, she found out that his heart was in the right place for her, her people. He treated her so well and all. And she needed nothing more than what she had. Then after that, well, they became just like one. But the only thing about this that kind of bothered him, he, he would always go first, and then she had to follow behind him. But at night, when they came in with a load of fish, well, you see, she was right there to take care of it, and she would cook it. And they, and they had a long table like this because they had a, a big family and they all ate together. Oh, but she enjoyed that. She enjoyed it. Finally, you know, finally he, he would sit at the top of the table or the other end of the table and then his family and hers were there. She would sit over here. He would tell a story of the day as she as she, and then he'd turn around and look at her and he said, would you today, what, you, what did you do today, woman? And she said, oh, she says, I went out and I gathered all this food. And, and she says, you know, I made big dinner for, for, for you. And, oh, hmm. And he was happy with that. She got up, went to bed. Cleared the table first, though. Got cleared the table, made sure everything was going to be all right, and then she went to bed. Every morning that went on, he would go fishing or up into the woods. But this one time he came, came down, and uh, he noticed that she was gone. So he walked, he, he, he knew where she was going to go because they were going to have clams and, and salmon that next night. He knew that. She was planning on it. And he followed her. She went to this huge rock that was, was there on the beach. And she crawled up on that, on that big rock, you know, and she looked way out at the at the sea. 
Oh, it was beautiful. The sun was coming up. It was just gorgeous. It reflected on the, on the mountains that had some snow. Oh. And all at once she took her shawl off and put it down on the rock and then she mounted the rock and then she began singing. one you ever saw in your whole life. Scary, it was scary, and it was coming right toward her. And it came right up, and it just, they just touched each other, just touched each other. <gasps> What's going on, he thought? What's going on? Oh, he dismissed it, you know, and he took off, and she put her shawl back on, got off the rock, well went away. The next day, he followed her again, and the same thing happened. But they seemed to touch even longer this time. Oh, gosh, something is going on. Finally, now, as he, as the days passed, he fished a little bit less, enough for his family, of course. And he followed her. And then all at once, there she was on that rock, looked way out there, way out there. speed and and he didn't she stood so still and he didn't know whether she he was going she was going to be harmed or not she didn't know but she stood and that great big quail after she kneeled down came up out of the water laid his head down on her lap Instead of being frightened now, she, she wasn't afraid of him at all. He laid his head down and she reached out and she started preening him. And that great big coil closed his eyes and he thought, oh, it feels so good. It feels so good as she preened him. And then all at once he started wriggling back off that rock. Dove way down like that. Came up and jumped out of the water so high. You wouldn't believe how high he could jump. And he flipped his tail right at the very top of this jump. 
and the water just flew. And with the sun, the morning sun came down and it made a million ra rainbows out of the out of those droplets of water. <gasps> he never saw that before. And then he hit the water again and he slowly drifted away. Oh, now I know there's something about this. I'm going to have to do something. Now, what am I going to do? Well, he went fishing. He came home. And he, but instead of walking behind him, she walked in front of him, which is very unusual. Women walk in the back. She had everything all spread out. And things were going, going in as normal. But he seemed to be rather hesitant about what he was saying that night. And they started telling stories. And he told that last story. And she kind of, she looked him right straight in the eye through the whole story, which she never did because she, her face was down all the time. But now she was staring at him. He didn't like her staring at him because he had changed inside. He lost confidence. That power that a person has when you have a lot of confidence is God. What'd you do today, woman? He said. Oh, she says, I went down and I dug clams and she says, I cooked them. She says, I mended clothes. I made new ones. Oh, my. Well, he said, he said, oh, I see. He says, well, I followed you down to the rock. And I was watching. And I killed him. No, no, she shouted. No. Oh, she just jumped up. And she started, she started out the door. She was running so fast. Her hair was just straight out in the back. The beautiful black hair was just screaming. He says, wait, I want to speak to you. Well, by this time, you know, he had done away with the whale. He went over to the rock when she wasn't there. He had his knife. And what he did was he, he sang that song. And the whale had mistaken him for, for the woman. And he came up. And he came up on that rock, and that guy reached for his knife, started stabbing him. <laughs> came down with that final blow. He killed the whale. 
the whale had just kind of oh, not a stream of water came out his his head and then he just slowly ever so slowly dropped down into the into the water's depth and laid on the ground floor of the sea and then oh, it was over he didn't have to worry about that but her reaction from this, the death drove her drove her to that rock one more time and he ran behind her and he got a hold of her hair and he held on just as hard as he could. And she, she was running so fast it just slipped right out. The hair just slipped right out of his hand. And she kept running, wait, wait, I want to speak to you. He thought they could put things back together again just the way they were when they were just so happy. So finally, twice that happened, that water, or the, her hair slipped out of his hand. She finally made it to the rock. One more time she grabbed, grabbed the, her hair and it slipped out. And then she dove off that rock and went down. He mounted that rock and he looked down thinking he could grab her or hold her or rescue her. But it was too late because he looked down and he saw all these people with their fins up like this as if they were welcoming her back. Welcome her back because the man realized that he had, he had married a whale lady born in the flesh of man. And now, how do we translate that? The separation of life, and it is still going on to this day. To this very day, there are separations all the time. Change, change, change. Thank you. When, when we, a long time ago, could not write or read, we still experience changes such as the one that I just told you about. And do you somehow uh, hold on to that? Or do you just change totally with it because it's someone else's idea? We can't. We cannot at all forget our past, but we can get strong, stronger in our own minds.
because of the things that we had to cope with. And that sudden change, you know, the land, the language, the culture, all of those things that are so in us. Maybe other people can change, but we can't. We want to know more how people came through there and and are as strong as strong as as uh, and cemented in our own spirit. We have made it. But we must remember these stories in order to continue because of change. But it's just a little bit, just a little bit of how it used to be and how we coped with the change that, that they had to and also that's coming. It's gonna get more difficult and we must remember now. We must remember and we do that through the work that you are doing, the Lummi people are doing, and Native Voices are doing, and the lady that that is heading this project up uh, I can't remember all the 19 names <laughs> that they're well, involved. Kate? Yeah. Well, I love her because I haven't even met her for one thing, even though I haven't met her for one thing. But, I, but her heart is in the same place yours is. The need for endurance, focus, and all of those things that that make you a, a stronger person and for us to remember why how we got there here a huge huge hats that are across the river over here now that's a symbol. That's a symbol to keep, keep within your head, thinking good things, keeping things that are of protection. And you know, what's up here and down here are wonderful things uh, for you to remember. Okay. All right. Thank you. Oh, thank you. For that. <laughs> I felt like that's what I needed to hear with everything that's been going on in my life. I've just been trying to focus on all the good stuff and yeah. the good work that I've been doing. Just like what you just said, you know, we need to remember these things. So mm -hmm. Thank you for acknowledging and saying that. And yeah. Thank you for taking the time to tell me your story. It was very really enjoyable. I enjoyed all the interaction that you're putting in with it. Yeah. So made it feel more real and like you said like we were there so thank you so much. yeah well I appreciate you saying that too because those are things that are so human 
that that's part of the change also. But it, uh, it doesn't justify it. it. It's just part of life. And because of it, you will become stronger. We all become stronger when we had, when we have faced adversity. And uh, I'm so happy to have been part of this project. It's been going on for quite some time now. Yes, it has. <laughs> and uh, and I'm glad. I, I I'm I'm really glad because everyone has their story. Everyone has their own words. Everyone has their own spirit. And you know, but we're all alike. Mm -hmm. We hurt. We, we hurt. Maybe other people don't notice it. Maybe we don't want to share. It's not a shame. It's not a shame for, for us to fall down and get up stronger. It's a good thing to get up stronger. And I know you will. I know it. everybody will. We've all gone through it. And so that's my wish for, for younger people. 85, I know. I've been there. I've seen a lot. And uh, our Indian people will survive. We're bringing back the foods, the salmon, the orca. He kept coming back because of his love. He knew, he knew that she was an orca lady, even though she, she really didn't. It was so far buried deep into her spirit, but yet she went back. We can all do it. We have that orca spirit too. Yeah, just like the salmon going out. And you know how the salmon got the hooked nose, don't you? Yeah. Oh, it was that time of year, you know, when the salmon, gee, they had lots of, oh, lot of eggs. They had to spread for all these people. They have to feed a lot of people, you know. That wasn't foremost on their mind, but you know that they had a lot of, lot to contribute. And they came from the north, and uh, you know the. The fish head was very symmetrical. It was just streamlined. It was streamlined to cut through that water, you know. Sight to be seen. There was flexibility in that body. So they could go around rocks and obstacles, you know. They could jump. Their little tails would just wiggle like that. They could jump. Oh my, they put up dams and everything. Sometimes it didn't work because they were just way, you know, way too high. Or the fish couldn't get over it for some reason, but they went as far as they could and then deposited their eggs. But anyway, they started out from the north. And this male and female, oh, they were devoted to each other also. Well, they came into to the stream of water. I shouldn't say stream. I should say a pathway of water in between what is now Canada and the States, United States. And she was going for her river, her home, her home river. And so she 
she was swimming along, you know, and each day those eggs would just, would grow just a little bit, just a little bit. And she keeps swimming. He says, is this your river? No, that's, she'd kind of sniff, no, that's not my river. Gotta, gotta keep swimming. So she kept swimming and swimming. Then she, she kept following him. And then there's the Elwha Etwa River. Is this it? That's the Elwha River. Uh huh. And is this it? No, it's not it. Gotta keep swimming. Oh gosh. And then there's a dungeon ass. What we now know is dungeon ass. And he says, is this your river? And she says, yes, it is. This is my river. That's where she was born. She's going home to have her babies. That will forever be in their minds, too. Well, the, you know, she was so happy to be there, and, you know, and she swam. And by this time, her little tummy was just, oh, just round. And she got tired, and she told him that she's tired now. And he says, there's a resting spot right over here, and it's got a deep hole, because he had swum ahead, or swum ahead, and, and then, uh, you know, he found that hole. She could get down low in that hole, and the current would go over the top. She could rest. She got her, oh. And all the time, her body was moving and growing moving and growing and finally you know that salmon cannot blink like we do they don't close their eyes and go to sleep they sleep with their eyes open they have a film that that protects their eyeballs well she was there she was just leisurely swimming and he says it's time to go okay so they both went. He went ahead of her, breaking the current, taking care of her. Oh, gosh, she was getting bigger. She says, I can't swim much more. So I'm going to have some babies here. He says, okay. When, he, when she woke up the next day, she was all the way back to, to the mouth of the river. Oh, no, now they're going to have to swim all the way back up. She was so tired. And, but she made it, and she rested, and they took off again. She swam, she swam. He says, I have to rest. He says, let's go a little bit farther. He says, see, around that corner, he says, I found a low-lying branch. And he says, I'll attach myself to that low-lying branch. You grab a hold of my tail with your mouth, and we'll just rest there. And she was happy. Okay. So he went ahead. He grabbed that branch in his, in his, he uh, was in his mouth. And now he held on so tight for his weight and hers. And the current too was, you know, moving them all the time. Well, the next day, he says, okay, let's go. 
So he let go of the branch. She let go of his tail. And as she went by him, she looked back and she said, oh, he looks different. But she had to keep swimming. And she swam right around the corner was her nest. Oh boy, she just uh, fixed it up, you know, and then she started laying her eggs and pretty soon he came along. And he had this great big hook on his nose. It was not symmetrical like this anymore. It wouldn't cut through the water. Well, it still cut through the water, but you know, it just was a little more difficult because it had that great big hook on there, on his nose. And so now, now you know how the fish got his hook nose. <laughs> okay, okay, that, so now you know. Now you know how the fish got his hook nose. <laughs> That's really taken care of until the very end there. But it was creation. It's a creation mm -hmm. of that fish. And he'll come back every year, maybe every two years. Depends on if there's a if it's a humpy, I'll come back every odd year. <laughs> I know because I was a fisherman along with one of my other aunts and uncles. Wow. <laughs> Up in Lummy. And I did it too down in uh, off uh, near Bay and Port Angeles wow. and uh, down the Hood Canal, gill netted. So yeah, cool. <laughs> it's a good life. It's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. So you've grown out many stories. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay, uh, you know, as far as, as creating and taking care of our Mother Earth, I, I'm just loving this portion of my life right now it's because I can see how my people are, are doing this. We have a garden which is just huge, a community garden, three or four acres, uh -huh. and we have the potential going on to, to 30. Wow. And and uh, this is for food. You go there, you plant, you take care of, uh, you learn a lot. Mm -hmm. You learn a lot and uh, about what you're planting, how it's used, how it control, controlled your, uh, your very being, you know, mentally, physically, everything. And you ate according to the seasons and, and the colors and and uh, you learn f why you should change from one field to the other to a different crop, you know. Uh -huh. And uh, then they give it to the uh, give it to the tribes people mm -hmm. and let them redevelop that uh, the you know that sense of 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 food like. We didn't have the sugars like we do now. Mm -hmm. We don't. We don't have a lot of those kinds of things that sometimes are very detrimental to us, extremely for the natives. And so all of these things, the more education that we have, 
is is brought along by by doing by getting involved the neighborhoods get involved in preparation gathering sharing all of these wonderful things that that make a good tribe you know or a good group of people it doesn't make any difference whether you're native or not but if you have these things and you have the the uh, uh, these you know the the education it's just uh, and the you know the reasoning we have to have reason it seems like and uh, and so it's it's good to see all of that okay and then we go up to the mountains and we, you know, even got black moss pudding or what, you know, it doesn't look good, but it's good for you. There's just all kinds of things like that, you know, and, uh, oh, camas, of course, you know, it's just bringing things out now. What we eat out here is probably different from the plateau or, you know, from, or, and then from California and all of those you know, places, they have their special foods, you know. And so getting back where the people were healthy, strong people, uh, good leaders, good minds, good resolve, good spirited. Yeah, we don't go down, you know, uh, I'm not saying we didn't fight. I'm just saying that we coped. <laughs> and we did a good job, and we were in good a physical condition to do that. And we shared, and that was the most important, too, for community. And so, you know, I just really, I'm, uh, oh, then we go down to the sea. We don't just eat the salmon out there, the devil fish, well, octopus, you know, bottom, bottom fish, whatever, you know, and then, and then now we're eating seaweed and all of these, all of these things are good for us. Some of them are, uh, well, like if they're too loaded with salt, of course, then now that's not good for you, but that's only one thing, you know, uh, it's uh, balance, you need balance in your life. To make make you whole, make a strong child, make you know, make you happy, to make you happy. I agree. Yeah, uh, you know, and and then now trading too. We used to trade. Somebody out like La Push, they have razor clams, and, you know, down the coast they have razor clams. We don't have those out here, and I live right on the water. And just about this close too, and and uh, you know we now we eat seaweed, uh, you know uh, the uh, what's that word seaweed, yeah, and a lot of different different things than we used to. Mm -hmm. I mean we're getting back to what we used to do, yeah. but it was in there there was kind of a flat line. And we joined all the Burger Kings and the McDonald's and all that. Sometimes, and I'm not saying they aren't good, <laughs> but I'm just saying that's not good for you. <laughs>
<laughs> but that's that's change. Everything's about about that. It's a measurement of life. Measurement of happiness. A measurement of your community. Measurement of what you want. And uh, there's so many things about life that that we've forgotten because we just don't do it anymore. But we're bringing them back. We're bringing them back with gusto. Gusto. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, uh, I know heaven is going to be wonderful too, but uh, I really like this life. Uh, I like the people that, that I know. And I, and I don't mind the people that I don't know. <laughs> you know, I just assume they're good people. <laughs> yeah, okay. What about the next one? Oh, how do I... Well, like I've already said now, I'm 85. I like, uh, um, I've been, I feel like I've been in a leadership capacity for a long time. I mean, I, I've worked in offices and, and I've been a fisherman and I've been a wheel, a mill worker. And, uh, uh, you know, then I've been, you know, a leadership capacity on in the tribe, and that's what. And and however, I have, I have changed now. I've got out of a lot of, uh, or got rid of two. Two committees that I was the chairman of, because I just don't feel like, like somebody else has to do something too. Mm -hmm. Let those young ones like yourself, let them, they know more than we do anyway, you know, about all that technology, yeah. grew up with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I don't even have a smartphone yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have a flip phone. <laughs> and it's pretty smart. <laughs> I'm trying to change. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, that's right. I like my old flip phone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I, I, I like, I like my family. I mean, I really like my family. They're great. But I love them so much. It just terrifies me when they go outside, <laughs> out of my eyesight. <laughs> But you know, but you know, you you get together, to the togetherness. I mean, we've been apart now for almost two years because of uh, the virus, you know. And uh, so, it, the ones that get well get together. And our family's been cut in three different portions here because he. Somebody's got sniffles, somebody's got whatever, you know. And so we can't uh, take any chances of, well, 
my husband and I are, you know, up in our years, and so we're probably, <laughs> probably wouldn't make it through a virus or something, I don't know. But, but I, I like that togetherness. If you dissect that and you, you tear apart a family, you tear them apart, they move over here, and you think, oh my gosh, I can't hardly live without that person. There is a little bit uh, hanging on out here, but pretty soon it transfers to another person, another person, but be strong enough still to hold on to that one over there, because they're every bit as important. And that's the way my family is getting. It's not very far, mm -hmm. you know, 50, 100 miles or something like that. But I do, uh, I'm the one that wants to keep us all together on Christmas time, mm -hmm. you know, and all that. That's, and the community. The community comes to your house on your birthday and reminds you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Isn't that nice? And then they bring you food, you know, yeah. they cook food, they bring you food. <laughs> and they cut I the think cake. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, they cut back on that oh, too. Oh, okay. They'll bring you lots of apples and oranges. Apples huh? and oranges. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Alright. Um, the next question is how do you identify your community or the place that you live in? You know, I identified that as just a larger uh extension of the family. Um, sometimes those that have moved away have totally forgotten or didn't know Indian life, you know, like being in a small community. We don't, uh, we, there's only 500 and some of the Grinnell Prince family over in, in Squim. Mm -hmm. And, they, you know, people uh, and there's tribes that are very, very large, you know. Oh, I just, uh, and they, they just, they have a hard time coming back. And uh, I, I feel bad about that. But we've fought so hard. We've fought for recognition. We bought our own land back. We, you know, uh, we went through world wars where we sacrificed our sons and daughters. We've done everything, you know, right with everyone else that uh, I just, I just want to hold them close and yet they don't know how to be held close or they're suspicious. Yeah, so, uh, and you don't have to be suspicious of your own neighbors. You shouldn't have to be. You shouldn't have to be. But now, you know, it's change again. I keep going back to change, and that's just the way it is. But I, but I like, I like our leadership, our, you know, our the protection that they give us. I lost a son that was uh, in a car wreck after work. 
just one mile away from, you know, uh, home. And he must have gone to sleep, they said, and just drove off. Anyway, um, you know, but he spent all his life going to meetings with me. And um, after I slowed down, well, he kept on going until he was real high. And he's a councilman, and he was thinking about running for chairman. And, And so when when you have that much invested, well, then you just want to, you know, hold that more dear to you. It's more important. And uh, I feel like our, like the James family, like, you know, over here, or over, you know, Lummi, they're important. They're really important. And uh, when I was a small child, when I was a small child, they, uh, they would, my grandfolks are the ones that raised me. They would have me come over and stay with Norb James and Clara James. And uh, it, that, that's what I'm holding on to. That was a long time ago. But it's important to hold everybody that that you're related to, you know, or good friends with. It's really important to build up that trust again. Well, I, th I think that a lot of people think I work real hard, but do I look like I am? <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel uh, my training is I work 20, 28 years, I think it was, yeah, 28 years for the school district and in Indian education. And uh, I think that that had a whole lot to do with, with who I am and make me realize how lucky we are, our family is. And then when you run into something that's very, very difficult for you, you don't stop. You just have to keep right on going. I think fishing does that to you. <laughs> fishing is very difficult. <laughs> I have to walk. I have to be on watch, you mean? <laughs> fishing at night. But no, there's there's so many things. My people have made me the way that I am, and and uh, I still, you know, I had responsibility very very young. You know, driving cows and stuff, and and uh, digging clams, yeah. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful for those, but I think that that's what really made me who I am right now. And uh, any of this right here, I had no idea it was going to happen. Uh, I had no idea that I would excel in high school. I had no idea that I got a uh, community award from, you know, South Dakota. They had a big thing over that. And uh, I guess when <laughs> You at least expect it. Good things happen. That that molds your character.
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Relationships are are probably the utmost that you can have. Um, you don't use it. You don't use it in a way to make somebody else work for you. But you use your examples. The people that you you associate with are a picture of you. You know, um, the people that you present a lesson to are a picture of you that you associate and you and you love. Um, you know, it all goes around and around and around, and I I can't say enough about association and and the humanness that we are each and different. What a wonderful thing. You know, be your own. That's when you're the happiest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, when I would go to Lummi as a young girl, <laughs> I'd watch my Aunt Moat, I don't know, Kinley's, James's, and all the rest of them uh, up there drifting, you know, Aunt Fran, James, Bill, James, oh, I can't name them all. <laughs> and, uh, and then, but I didn't get involved up there on that river. But I came home and then I become a gill netter and uh, um, crabber and, and, you know, crabs and crabs and clams. Uh, there's other people that would provide the, the shrimp and, you know, and we'd trade. Barter system never died in the Indian family out the community. Uh, and then when I was a kid and I was raised where I am, just about half a block from where, where I was raised, mm -hmm. well, I'd go down to the beach, you know, and, oh, all of us kids would go down there and we would, uh, <laughs> we were a bunch of beggars, I think. I didn't realize it. But as little kids, we'd go where the fish or crabs were being cooked. And, and so we saw how they went out and they started boiling the crab before, you know, went through the whole process. Of course, if, and, uh, if there was any left over, they would give it to the kids, you know, and we would all be so happy. And, and then they would take us, you know, when we were real small, out. Uh, uh, clamming and oh nine or ten well then you'd you'd get in a canoe and you would travel from one place to another like my, my grandfather's uh, Prince of Wales uh, would uh, when he was nine he would paddle to the to the islands across from Port Townsend and uh, oh, it was so exhausting for him, and uh, he kind of hated to go. And uh, because because it was really hard work. So what he would, so what they would do is uh, he'd drag his paddle. That's the only thing I thought was funny. He'd drag his paddle on the top of the canoe like this, and they were both wood. Pretty soon, the end of his oar or 
you know, paddle would drop off. <laughs> so I can't paddle anymore cause my, because my paddle is broken. <laughs> and so uh, my, my other grandfather, <laughs> the chief, finally caught on and he said, no, I've got another paddle for you. He said, <laughs> you break this one here. Well, then you're going to have paddle with your hand. So, <laughs> you know, there was a lot of fun in the work that they, they performed. It, 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 my fishing, devil fishing, I'd love to do that, you know. And uh, in fact, in fact, there's a time when I was working for the school and uh, made quite an impression on on the on the students because I caught a uh, octopus, you know, from under rocks and things like that. And uh, so they added to my experience, but not only that, to my knowledge to teach somebody else. And some run and some and and we have such good. Uh, advisors with uh, you know really feel that if we have to live here and go through the change well then we better have you know uh, we have to uh, we have to go through the change and become successful on the other end and be able to compete consequently it takes higher education that's where I work is a higher education. Well, I do start down kindergarten too, but you know, my concentration is up in higher education. If you're gonna make it clear through high school, well then you can make it through college, hopefully. Young and Indigenous Podcast is part of Children of the Setting Sun Productions. Branding done by Bo Garrow. We would like to thank our partners, First Nations Development Institute, Soderberg Foundation, Novo Foundation, North Sound ACH, Discurrent Foundation, and the Lummi Nation. Young and Indigenous is produced by Isabella James, Michelle Pulaski, Santana Rabang, and Ellie Smith. Music by Mark Nichols, Young and Indigenous team, Theme song by Keith Jefferson and Adam Lawrence, One Chance. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or on childrenofthesettingsunproductions.org. Until, Until next time, Lay Nooks and Saw. See you later. later.